Hey guys, today's episode of Sports Spectrum's Table 40 podcast with Matt and Leslie Holiday is presented by the Sports Spectrum magazine. We're talking about faith focused stories that you won't find anywhere else and content suitable for all ages. The magazine is a quarterly magazine. You get four issues. It comes out four times a year and you can get a one year subscription for just $18 or a two year subscription for $30. And all subscriptions come with our free digital access. It's a quarterly magazine. You can subscribe today at sportspectrum.com slash magazine, sportspectrum.com slash magazine. And this is the preeminent sports and faith magazine around. If you have kids that you want to raise in the faith and they love sports, I would highly recommend the Sports Spectrum magazine. You can check it out today and order your subscription at sportspectrum.com slash magazine sportspectrum.com slash magazine and get your subscription today hey what's up guys welcome back to table 40 matt and leslie here and today our special guests are devin and david hess and david is a pitcher uh, was drafted by the Baltimore Orioles. Is current with ta- currently with easy for me to say with the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> guys, uh, thanks for coming on. And uh, I guess you guys are in Raleigh, Durham. Is that where you guys are at right now? Yeah, that's normally where I'd be. I'm I'm down in Port Charlotte right now, uh, doing some rehab stuff and trying to get to Durham, but uh, not quite there yet, unfortunately. That's the way it goes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Never know with baseball, that's for sure. That is the truth. (laughs) And it's good that you have each other. Like we were talking about this other day with our oldest son and um, anyway, and I was like, buddy, I was like the minor leagues and it's because, you know, Matt and I were, we were together in the minor leagues and, and we went through just a lot of adversity looking back on it. And you're sitting there going like, how in the world will we do that? But I could honestly say, I was telling Jackson this seriously, just this morning, I was like, buddy, like when I look back on things, it's kind of like, oh, that sounds miserable, but it actually really wasn't all that miserable because I had my guy, we had really cool dogs and some awesome friends along the way. And then, you know, all the setbacks and the injuries that Matt had, still, you look back on it and you're like, you know what, all in all, that was a pretty fun ride. Yeah. 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 Super cool. That's what makes it fun. I mean, like just the uncertainty of it all is difficult, but I think if it was easy and smooth sailing, then you don't appreciate it as, as much. And so, you know, it makes it worth it. And like you said, having people along the way, having each other, that's, I mean, it makes it all much more worth it. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, David, let's talk about um, your early baseball, or I guess what was your first baseball memory, or did you play multiple sports or was baseball your kind of thing from the very beginning? Yeah, I, I think I always gravitated towards baseball. Um, I just think that I pretty much came out throwing stuff and running all over the place. And uh, I played all sorts of different sports growing up, Uh, played football, basketball, baseball, uh, ran track. I actually ran cross country in high school. Um, I mean, pretty much anything where I could just run around and like be moving, I at least gave it a try. Um, And like I said, baseball was what really stuck. Um, I think it was kind of clear early on that's what I was best at and so I started to kind of hone in more on that but 
I always liked playing different stuff, especially in different seasons. And uh, I think it's a cool way to just to, you know, especially growing up and making different friends, like meeting different people through that. And uh, just gives you, I mean, now looking back, it gives you just kind of like athletic diversity. I think that uh, is really important. I know there's a lot of opinions on that right now and specializing at a young age and all that. But I think playing different sports is, is awesome. I agree. At what point did you know that you were good enough to play college and then maybe even, you know, the idea of, of playing professionally and, and being a baseball player, player for a living? Was that, well, at what point did you think, you know what, I'm pretty good at this? Yeah, I think, uh, uh, so growing up in a small town, um, there were a handful of people that were pretty talked about. And uh, I, I guess I was good enough to creep on there when I was about 12. And I think when it really hit me was when I, I, I tied like our all time home run record in Little League, which now looking back, I'm like, that's not really that big of a deal. <laughs> but it was enough where people started talking about like, oh, he's actually like, got some talent. And, you know, again, small town, like you kind of take it for what it is. But um, I think at that point, I kind of started to realize like, wow, like if I actually like work at this and kind of keep going, like maybe they're right. Maybe I can do something. And so then through high school, uh, you know, I, I, I played varsity as a sophomore. And so progressively it just kind of hit me like, dang, like I could go to the next level. And then in college, uh, kind of the same thing. I, I was a weekend starter as a freshman. And so then I started to kind of set my sights on uh, professional baseball. And so it's, it's just been a pretty cool progression to see, uh, you know, along the way, how many people have, really just been encouraging and kind of stepped up and and put the right thoughts in my mind. And, you know, I've kind of run with that. That's really cool. So when you were talk about your college experience a little bit, I'm just curious, I'm coaching college baseball now. And mm -hmm. what, what, what were the things that, you know, going from an 18 year old kind of entering into college, what were the biggest adjustments you had to make from, you know, small town, you said, and in, in high school to now playing college baseball and, and, and starting on the weekend and, and then ultimately into pro baseball, what were some of the things that were the biggest adjustments or, you know, lifestyle or just, you know, kind of growing up and, and uh, you know, for you as a coming from high school to college? Yeah, I think uh, I think for me, it came a little bit more naturally. And I'm really fortunate that work ethic was something that was kind of there for me um, because you really have to be disciplined with just the balancing of everything. I think you start to factor in, you know, the freedom that you get and it, the freedom that you have really kind of shrinks down when you factor in practice and schoolwork and, you know, making sure you're doing like the right things to be ready for those things. And so I think discipline was a big thing that you have to kind of learn quickly on and, and work ethic, I think is a big part of that. But um, I think, I think the biggest adjustment was just how to, manage free time in a way that's beneficial um not just you know sitting around doing nothing like there's a time and a place for that but making sure that you're getting you know like I said whether it's schoolwork, whether it's being in the weight room making sure you know it's I don't know how like college students sleep but even I think sleep is important in itself and you know just trying to to balance out the enjoyment of of what college brings and kind of that lifestyle and having a good time to look back and remember those times but also trying to to make sure that you have your priorities in line and just making sure that that the focal points are are in the right spots and 
that's tough to do. Uh, you know, it's not always a smooth transition for everybody. And I think that, like you said, that's something I think everybody figures out a little bit on their own. Um, and, and yeah. That's good. All right, Devin, how did you guys meet? So we met, I was, I think it was the summer before my senior year of high school. And David was playing summer league ball as a prospect league. Yeah, yeah. And um, my neighbor, who I also babysat their kids, um, decided to host and they hosted him. So we were together for like, I don't know, like I think a week in total because he was on the road and then he ended up leaving early. But we just kept in touch for like, Another year, year and a half mm-hmm. after that. Yeah, kind of crazy. We were together for one week and then just kept we going. Just yeah, <laughs> and it was long distance from the beginning, long distance until after marriage, really, because we got married off season in college. And then, you know, he had to do the spring training thing, baseball. I was still in school. So, yeah, it was lots of lots of time apart. But when you know, you know, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so what were your strategies like? And you're, cause there's a lot of, um, you know, Matt, like we get the opportunity to, to teach Bible study to athletes here at OSU. And, and it, that's the way it goes, right? A guy gets drafted, girl typically stays here and finishes school. I mean, that's a very general statement, but that is kind of how it goes sometimes. And so what sort of things did you guys do to say, okay, like we're committed to this, but there is a reality of um, navigating a young a young dating relationship where he's have he has his stuff going on and you have your stuff going on and you're obviously super cute and so I'm sure that that was a little bit hard to <laughs> to navigate all of that stuff what did y'all do oh my gosh it was so hard because you know I'm still in school minor like salary I we can't just like hop on a plane every two weeks and get a hotel room um but I think it was just like FaceTime dates. That was kind of our thing that we would do at least once a week. Um, and then we would try to see each other. Anytime he yeah. was close enough that I could drive, fortunately he played in Maryland. So, and I went to school in West Virginia so I could drive to, to a lot of the places. But sometimes it was just like a one night trip, like yep. drive yeah. four hours, see him for a day and yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it really makes you learn how to communicate well too. Like to to maximize like just as busy as the baseball schedule is paired with as busy as a college schedule is like when you get that time and you're able to kind of talk like you have to make sure that you're actually investing and then kind of checking in with how each other are doing and that's uh, sometimes difficult when you know you're not together um, probably more often than not but she she made it way easier than I did I, I can promise you that (laughs) right and Devin what did you um what was your college experience like were you did you enjoy it did you have mentors in college that like what was that like for you because here in a couple about an hour and a half I go and teach Bible study to college girls and it's been oh so fun but any wisdom you have for me I'm all ears (laughs) honestly I feel like for me I just took it way too seriously Like, I just felt like it was like straight A's, had to do everything right. Um, And I think I was just finding myself during that time a lot. And I just put way too much pressure on myself. So if I could go back in time, I would say, like, have more fun. It's going to be okay if you don't have, you know, 4.0 GPA. I don't even think about that ever now. Yeah. Um, They never ask you, right? No, no. But it seems so important to me. And yeah, I, I love just living with my friends. You know, that's something that you 
never get to do again. Like, and that was just so fun. I feel like I just wish I would have like relaxed a little more. I was so ready to like be with him full time, get married, but it was still like such a good season of life that's, you know, should be enjoyed too. So I agree. It is incredible anymore how much pressure is, is put on college women, like college kids or women or however the right way to say it is. Um, but I, there's this one gal, she's one of my very favorites and she got here with like 30 hours before she was even a freshman and she's graduating college at 20 years old or she, I guess she just turned 20 years old. That's crazy. And I'm like, well, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't even rent a car. Like they're not going to hire you. And because you can't even rent a work car, like you're 21 years old. And so it's just crazy to me how, how things have changed, you know, and how, um, like you're saying, like, I love your advice. I love what you said, because that is very, that will be applied this evening just to relax and take a deep breath and just enjoy, be where your feet are and enjoy this season of life instead of trying to push forward and grow up so fast. And so, um, it is kind of interesting. That's good. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. Let's talk a little bit about you guys' faith journey and kind of how you grew up and, and whether church was part of your life and, and Jesus was part of you guys' life growing up or tell us a little bit about your story in faith. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I grew up in a small town and it was a small town in Tennessee. So it was pretty much a, you know, every Sunday you're going to church. It doesn't really matter what you think. It's just kind of how it is. And so uh, I was really fortunate, though. I grew up with a family that uh, was faith-based, and it, it was something that I didn't feel like I was forced to go to every week. Um, I actually, you know, really, like, it was something that God just kind of uh, put on my heart early on. And so uh, I, I got baptized, became a believer when I was pretty young. And a lot of people, I think, that have that story, um, you kind of see at some point that rebellious phase and kind of, you know, going through a little bit of figuring out, you know, what your faith actually is. And uh, I was fortunate I didn't go through anything crazy like that. Um, not that that is crazy, but I know that that can sometimes leave some emotional scars or things that you're having to work through. And so for me, it was a lot of just uh, continuing to grow, continuing to mature, Um and I think college was when everything really kind of came to like uh, fruition for me. Um, I got involved with the college ministry and uh, that was really uh, to this day, something I'd say was very life changing because it just kind of showed what it looked like to to be just an everyday person, but also love Jesus and walk that out in your everyday life and how to, uh, I guess, kind of not seem robotic with it just to kind of, like I said, just be a person that that likes doing different things, but also knows, you know, kind of what the ultimate uh, things are in life that really, really mean something. And so uh, for me, that's kind of where it was. And that's kind of where I've continued to, to get to today. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of organizations along the way. I know right now, uh, PAO is something that's been awesome that I, I mean, we've gotten connected through that. It's just been great to, to have that as a resource and outlet. So that's, that's me. Ooh, I love what you said about being robotic. That's good. That's really good. That is a temptation for a lot of, especially young believers and, and young Christians that whether they're, you know, I think that there's this temptation to just kind of go through the motions, go through the motions, go through the motions, and you lose the awe of, man, Jesus did this for me. This is crazy. And you said so the wonder of, 
what it means to be a believer it kind of gets lost. And I really like how you worded that. I'm going to totally steal that from you. (laughs) Really good. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. The relationship of of our faith is, is what makes it so fun. So Mm -hmm. that's really good. So going back to college, like what were the, what were the things that impacted you the most in college? Like, you know, whether it was, was it FCA? What, what, what were the kind of things that, that really challenged your faith and, and you know, encouraged you in, in that kind of transition in your life? Yeah, so um, the organization I was with was called Campus Outreach. Um, and they're at a handful of universities, like uh, not just in the Southeast. I think they're starting to kind of bridge into some other places too. But, um, you know, like Devin said, I, I think there were times where I definitely fell in and got you know, a little too like serious and kind of took away from some of the enjoyment and just kind of laid backness of it all. But I learned so much through that. I learned, like I said, you know, how, what it looks like to not be robotic because I got to know uh, some really great people through that people that I still talk to today. I got involved with um, a discipleship group um, and accountability was a really big thing. Just, I mean, as crazy as it is, and I know you guys see this, like, 18 to 21 year olds are not the most responsible people in the entire world. And so I think we especially need accountability at that time just to kind of help us uh, walk through life and learn things and, and that we may not even realize are important. And so uh, there were some guys that were former athletes that understood kind of what the uh, lifestyle of that looked like. Um, there were some people that weren't and you know, were in fraternities or just went to school and, and kind of had a different background. And, and so just seeing all the different kind of varieties of people that uh, came together and just kind of got to ultimately focus on the same thing was really cool. I think it, it was just fun getting to do fun college things in a way that was good. It wasn't, you know, we weren't doing anything that was going to down the road, like hurt us. We weren't, you know, making I mean, I'm sure that we made bad choices in different ways, but, you know, not going out and doing something that's going to get us in big trouble. And, and it was just a, a good group of guys that really, uh, like I said, held each other accountable and had uh, some good leadership that, that pointed us in the right direction. That's good. Devin, did you have a similar upbringing? Yeah, so I, I grew up in church my whole life as long as I can remember, um, but it wasn't really until really I met you I feel like and I just saw him and like the way that like his faith was so incorporated into everything he did it wasn't just like a church on Sunday kind of thing and I because when we first met we were just friends like we didn't have any anything like that going on but I was just like wow I'm like really interested in like his faith and like why he is the way he is and so that's kind of when I started really just like digging deep on my own like I had never really spent time with Jesus outside of just a service and just started like reading the Bible on my own and joined Bible study. So really, I would say my senior year of high school is when I like started truly like walking every day with Jesus. And that led into college. I joined um, a group similar to Campus Outreach. It was called Campus Crusades. Um, And yeah, led a Bible study there and was discipled, discipled some other people. And so I just like really dug deep in college. And that was just like such a good time for me to just focus on that and carry that kind of outside of college. And yeah, it was just really, really special time for that. That's good. How about in the minor leagues? So once you start pro ball, um, 
it can be a little bit intimidating. God was so good to us um, through that journey where we just, I mean, again, like looking back on it, you're like, what in the world? We were so cared for and loved <laughs> through mentors and, and just people yes. along the way. And so who, who did that for you guys? And are, is there anybody specific that you remember or, or anything that they taught y'all along the way that you're like, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I remember like really struggling when he was in like low A high A because we got married young. Mm-hmm. And so I just felt like so different from everyone else. Cause like we're this married couple and like girls are kind of coming and going, but I'm there all the time. And, um, I remember, um, Ginger Prince, she was actually, her and her husband were the Bible study leaders for the Baltimore Orioles. I don't remember how she found out about me or we got connected, but she actually would drive to Bowie, Maryland, which was double A and like have meetings with me and like disciple me. And she was just, I mean, like a game changer for me. Um, And then once he got to triple A, we had another couple that was absolutely amazing. Uh, Fleets and Dave, they led Bible study there and uh, it's just, it's amazing, like, what having someone, like, pour into you and just lead you, that the difference that that can make mm-hmm. in, like, your entire experience. Yep, that's right. That's right. That's good. That's how, uh, that's how we were. There was a gal named Lindsay Bard, and her husband was a player, and she was just way more mature than, than I was, like, and we're, I mean, I think we're very similar in age, but she felt like she was like 30 years older than me because she was <laughs> sure and she knew all this stuff about the Bible. And I would just sit next to her and just, yeah. I was just in awe of everything that came out of her mouth. And there was another gal named Leah Taylor and it was the same thing. And I would just sit and just soak up everything that those gals had to say to me. And um, man, I'm just so grateful for those conversations because it's lonely. I mean, it's yes. a lonely lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very grateful for those friends of mine along the way. And Matt had a bunch of mentors as well. Yeah. What life. about you, David? Have you had any guys that you kind of came up with that have had a big impact or had an amazing way of sharing the gospel or, you know, had had a presence that's, that's really uh, impacted your life? Yeah. Um, well, like Devin said, I think in the minor leagues, there's in a lot of ways people are trying to kind of just get to the big leagues like their focus is baseball and so to kind of dig deeper with that was at times a little tougher because I moved up decently quick and so I was always it seemed like I was the youngest guy looking around but in doing that I got to know a lot of older people and kind of like pick their brains a little bit more and so um, I remember when I got drafted, one of the guys, Matt Taylor, um, he's a pitching coach now, I think at Georgia State, and me and him, like, dog, like we dug really deep. We talked all the time in spring training, and we played together for a year, uh, so I got really close with him. Um, he was a really good guy. Uh, Chris Davis was I think one of the guys, like, when I got to big league camp, there, were, there was a really good group of guys that we had um once I started getting into big league camps and starting getting connected with uh you know just different people that I hadn't really met before up until that point um so between him and then Mickey Weston was awesome um Mickey I feel like from the get-go like I got plugged in with the bible studies and Mickey would check on me all the time and just invite me to stuff encourage me like just I mean just an awesome guy like I know I know you guys know him and you can attest to that um and then I think alongside me, like one of my really good friends coming up was John Means. And we just always like 
we roomed together. We, you know, he was probably my best friend over there. Like we just spent a lot of time together, got to know each other really well. And so it was cool just to have a like-minded person to kind of push each other, not just on the field, but off the field and just enjoy hanging out with each other. Um, so there's been, I mean, there's been countless people and teammates. Like, I mean, you come across so many people playing baseball and, and backgrounds, upbringings and, and just thought processes that it's cool just to see, you know, all the people like that. That's just to name a few. I could probably go on for another hour or two just on different people and on different teams. But uh, that, that's a pretty good core group that, you know, through the process, like have really poured into us and and been people that we really care about. Well, what's interesting about you bringing up the means and the Westons. And so because um, I didn't I didn't know y'all and um, when you were diagnosed with cancer, I get a text message from from both of those families mm-hmm. and they were like, well, stop what you're doing. I'm going to need you to really commit to praying for their family like this is awful. And um, and I mean, but all they were just crushed, you know, and that's what's so beautiful about the body of Christ is it's like, hey, we're going to find all of our brothers and sisters in Christ and we are going to rally around the Hess family and we are going to pray for them and it's going to be what we do and we're going to commit to it. And it was just really beautiful um, to get just to see the baseball community and the body of Christ with y'all in this. And um, anyway, I just thought I would share that with you because the, they're just crazy about you guys. And yeah. so um, it was really neat to talk to them about, yeah. about you. Yeah, I can say that we definitely felt it too. Mm-hmm. It was uh, just, I mean, through everything that's happened, we could just feel like just a, a calmness and a peace about everything, which really didn't make sense kind of when you look back and see kind of like the you know just dynamic and like how big of a thing it was that we were facing but I mean we just I think a day or two in like just kind of sat down and we were like do you you just feel like there's something covering us right now Mm -hmm. and I mean it was exactly that we got so many texts and calls and people you know genuinely saying like not just the lip service like we're praying for you but like people that we knew were truly doing that and so to hear that was mm-hmm. you know thank you guys and and to everybody you know that hears this that was part of that thank you guys so much as well yeah we always say like obviously it was a terrible experience but like we wouldn't trade going through it because it was just such a like unique opportunity to kind of like be a part of that and see like like you said the body of Christ like we got to kind of see that as everyone kind of like coming around us and like what that felt like and just the encouragement and like the peace like we would say like we can just feel that so many people are praying for us right now it's a feeling like we've never had before yeah and it was just such a a cool thing to experience Mm -hmm. no doubt about it I think I think adversity and, and suffering like what y'all went through you learn so much about one another and so I I have to ask you is there something that in your marriage because you guys have been married what like five or six years and that's hard y'all to go through what you went through after being married five or six years and is there something you learned about each other along the way that you're like oh man I made the right choice or I didn't (laughs) I'll I'll let you start you go you go ahead I, I want to hear what you have to say <laughs> uh, well yeah so he's David is always just so like steady like it doesn't matter if we're like high low like David is David every day like you don't know what he's going through because he's just always the same and like that remained true through cancer and like facing 
mortality. I mean, essentially he was still just like so positive, still concerned about everybody else. Like he was like, Oh, I hope, I hope like my family's okay. Like it's killing me to see you go through this. And I was like, me, like you're the one going through it. And I don't know. It was like, I feel like we're closer now than we ever even could be because of like what, what we went through together and just almost losing him. I so appreciate like the small things that we get to do together now, like having coffee in the morning, like making the bed together. Like, I'm just like, so appreciative of like him and our partnership and just getting to do life together still, you know, like things that I so took for granted before. Yeah, that's good. Did it change your outlook on baseball, David? Did that change your, some of your, did it change the way you looked at success and failure in the game at all? For sure. For sure. I I think, I mean, I'm, I'm a person that puts a lot of pressure on myself to perform well, which is good and bad because it's something that helps us to get to, you know, this level, but it's also something that you kind of need to turn off every now and then. And I had a hard time with that for a long time. Like a bad game would just, I would carry it with me and try so hard not to. But after going through all this, like we had a conversation, you know, pretty much like halfway through the treatment and everything about how after going through this, like baseball, like anything I get to do is just a gift now. You know, it's just like, I mean, like Devin said, like there was a point where, I mean, the doctor straight up said like, you should be dead right now. Like you should not be alive. And so just to, carry that with me and just, you know, right now going through this rehab process, whatever it technically is called. Um, it's just been like a, a very different mindset, just in the sense of kind of what Devin said, like appreciating the little things, appreciating each day and just getting to do something that I care about and I love for a profession. Like I know a lot of people don't get to do that. And so, you know, when you're out there in front of whether it's 5,000 people, 50,000 people, or, or five people in the, you know, extended spring training stands, like, it's something that, you know, we're very fortunate to get to do, and it's not something that should be pressure-filled, it should be something that, you know, we, should be fun, it should be appreciated, and so I'm, I'm definitely carrying that mindset with me, you know, into this year, and hopefully from here on out. That's, That's awesome. good, that's real good. What did you learn about Devin along the way? Because it's, I think it's cool how God creates men and women so with such cool roles. And I assume that during this time, you know, the helper role really was highlighted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she like, I, I think more than anything, just seeing like how truly loving she is, like how she really like during that time, like I've never seen like just the caring nature that she has more than that. I think she said that I was focused on other people and like I am, but like she was, I mean, it just tore her up that I was going through that. And I, I think that just to see how much it impacted her and to see how much, you know, she cared for my well being, like the same way I am with her, like it just really showed um, that aspect of her. And then also just the, the physical like aspect of that too. Like she would not just talk about like ask how I was doing can she do anything like she would actually follow through with it I know it's easy to say like hey what can I do for you like I really want you to say nothing just so I don't have to do anything but um I mean there was a lot of responsibility and stuff that was put on her through that that she normally wouldn't have to do because I was so incapacitated like I just couldn't get off the couch some days and she had to 
do a lot more. And so just to see her like willingness to do all those things without question, without complaint, like it was, I mean, it, it was, like you said, I, I was hoping that she didn't have any uh, bad things to say about me during that time, because I mean, she was just incredible through it. And like she said, it really brought us closer together because um, it, it was really either like come together or you're going to be torn apart. And I think we just really were, you know, we focused on everything that we could do together during that time. And to the same point of baseball, like appreciating the things that, you know, we get to do that, you know, may not have been there before. Um, and so it was a really difficult time, but I think through it, it just showed, I mean, the incredible person that she is and, and so many aspects like that's, I mean, just touching the surface of it. It's, it's hard to kind of go into because it was such a, such a deep thing, but I mean, it, it, it definitely validated like how incredible she is. No, oh, that's beautiful. Y'all are, y'all are awesome. What are, so right now you're, you're rehabbing from this cancer. Like, is this, is you're still working your way back? What tell yeah. us, tell us what, what, what you're currently like your day to day and, and the goals of this season are. Yeah. And so, well, that, I feel like that's constantly shifting or it was, it's kind of in a little bit more of a steady place now because when I got diagnosed in October, um, I went through treatment and we really didn't know what to expect. And so at the end of January, which is normally when, I mean, you guys know as well as anybody, like you're revved up and ready to go at that point for spring training. And I had just gotten the all clear, like you can start running again. You can start doing baseball activity, like picking up a ball and throwing it. And so I was pretty far behind where I normally would be, um, which, you know, I was just happy at that point that I was even getting to do anything. And uh, so I threw my first live BP yesterday. Um, so I'm probably a couple weeks uh, away from games, um, at least in Durham. I think I'll, I still have a couple weeks of rehab work down here, but um, I'm able to do everything how I normally would. I've had to scale back on some stuff just to make sure physically that I'm able to hold up. And, you know, we still don't know exactly what to expect from it on that sense, but I mean, so far, like everything's been way better than we possibly could have imagined. It's, I mean, I, it sounds cliche, but like to say that like God has his hand on it, like is, I mean, the absolute truth because talking to like my oncologist and other doctors and people that know, like, you know, a little bit about like this area, they're like, I really don't understand how you're doing what you're doing. And I don't have an answer for it. I really don't like, I remember, I mean, going through treatment, it was I, I didn't throw up a single time. Like I didn't have a lot of the physical like atrophy, like my, you know, I held on to muscle pretty well. And so just to go through all that and be able to get to where everything's at right now is, I mean, really mind blowing. Like each day I wake up and I'm like, this, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You're going to, you guys are going to be able to use this story to encourage so many people over the course of your life. I mean, that's, that's, so this is really, really encouraging. I'm so grateful that y'all came on. All yeah. right. So we asked two questions every time. Sorry, I should have texted you, Devin. Question <laughs> number one is, if you could witness any miracle in the Bible, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. Sorry, I should have given you a heads up. Any miracle? Any one of them. <laughs> I think it would probably be the, the leper. Ooh. when he tells him like go and tell him that you're clean now go tell the priest and he's like not yet and 
he has to like go in faith and then he is. I think that'd be really cool to see. Cause I just feel like I relate so much to that where I was kind of in a position where I, I, I felt like God was, so I guess I kind of need to backtrack a minute. So the day that he, we took him to the emergency room and they were like telling us that like they essentially didn't know like if he was going to make it. I mean, he was clotting like his windpipe was closing up all this stuff. And um, he had to have a specialized team like transport him to the next hospital that was like trained in cardiac arrest because they thought he was going to have a heart attack any minute. And I just remember like going home and crying to my family. And I finally had like a moment to myself. And, you know, I've been walking with Jesus for a few years now. And I just I was just praying like the super vulnerable prayer. I was like, you know, I've, I've walked with you long enough to know that whatever's about to happen has nothing to do with your goodness. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that we live in a broken world. That just is what it is. <clears throat> and I was like, I just ask you if you could just tell me which way this is about to go. Like, I was like, that's all I'm asking. Like, it, if whatever it is, like, I still know that you're good. And I just felt him so clearly, like, say to me, he's going to be okay. And I just felt like that peace wash over me. And I, uh, I, I had to carry that with me even through times throughout the very next week where it was not looking very good. Um, so I don't know, just kind of stepping out in faith like that and seeing Jesus just come through when it absolutely does not make any sense. Like, mm, that's good. Yeah. That's good. What about you, David? Well, I, I don't know how to follow that up exactly. Um, but Let's go water to wine or yeah. some kind of basic. Yeah, yeah. That, well, my, my initial thought actually was that I was like, that would be pretty cool because, I mean, if you're at a wedding and, you know, yeah. stuff like it, it's a giant party, like, and then all of a sudden, like, that's gone. People are going to be pretty bummed and that would be pretty exciting. But I, I think as I, as I get to think about it, like, I think it'd be really cool to see Lazarus just being raised from the dead because, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe in some ways, like I kind of see that symbolism a little bit and what's gone on with everything. But I mean, just to see, like, I, I think I got to see firsthand around me how many people were upset and how like, tra- like traumatic that can be. And to, to think about somebody being actually dead and like somebody that, you know, people love so much and then just like, all right, get up and walk out, like just stop being dead. Like that would just be something that would be completely mind-blowing and I I think that would be I mean it may not be quite as fun as you know water to wine at a wedding I'm sure people would (laughs) probably have some more fun with that but I think that would be pretty pretty awesome Mm -hmm. that's good Ooh, I love what you said I think that a lot of us sometimes especially if we've been a Christian a long time we teach salvation and we teach the gospel and we teach all that stuff but what you just said about well just stop being dead essentially is what Jesus does every time a soul is saved, right? I mean, it's like, I, I like how you said that. So there's now, we've got two things that I'm going to use that you said um, <laughs> whenever we mentor these kids. And so, okay, we have one last question. And Matt, now it, now okay. yeah, it's all you. It's all you. Thanks, I did my okay. question right. and now you do your question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so table 40. So it's kind of designed around most of our career. We spent a lot of time just around tables, hanging out with people, having them over, eating dinner. So if you guys had a big table tonight and you could invite, basically, we've had a lot of different answers. You could invite 10 or 12 people to dinner tonight, an interesting, fun dinner. It could be your immediate family's already there. So leave them out. They're not offended. Okay. They're not offended. 
<laughs> I had like like I said, we've had Bible characters, we've had like Abraham okay. Lincoln, we've had Tom Brady, we've had so you have six or eight, ten people at dinner. Who's coming and what 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 food are the Hesses having? Ooh. You can start again. I gotta think on this for a second. <laughs> well, I've always I've been asked this question before. It's always yeah. Joe for me. Like I would love to pick his brain. Wait a second. Somebody that asked you this question before. Well, similar, similar. Original to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's stealing our material. So popular. Someone's stealing our One questions. of those 10 people who watched this. I would love Job, to. That's good. Job and, and also Dolly Parton. Oh, oh, now that's a combo. I'd like to talk to both of them together, maybe. I don't, I mean. Yeah, they're both there. They're both yeah. there. Yeah. I, I have, I probably have a list. So I'll like condense it. I'll go some older people, some newer. Um, I think it would be really cool. And this is probably because like somewhere distantly I'm related to him. I don't know the extent, but I think it'd be really cool to sit down with Dwight Eisenhower. Um, I think like maybe just because there's a loose relation there. I think it'd be kind of cool to see how he did stuff. I think from a namesake perspective and just what a life the dude lived. I'd love to sit down with David and just be like, I mean, tell me what's going through your head for some of this stuff. Um, and then from just a pure fun standpoint, like I, I really like Christian rap and I would absolutely love uh, to sit down with Andy Minio. And I feel like he would just be a blast to like hang out with. And um, I, I'm I, just really that whole crew. Like they would be, I think they'd be a blast. So I, I could go a lot of different directions, but uh, th those are a handful. We'd have quite the group. Yeah. Oh, that's a fun table right there. Yeah. Maybe, they, maybe Dolly and Andy could collaborate to some degree. That, that would be something. That yeah. would be something else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are y'all eating? What's your favorite meal? Oh gosh, that's it might blow Job and David's minds. Yeah, they'd be like, what happened? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Job and David would be like, what are they doing? <laughs> what, 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 what is this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I so I like to uh I have a smoker and I use that pretty often. So I would probably I like making food on that. I would probably do I don't know if I had to really go for it, I'd probably do like a brisket or something like that. And Devin always like picks out the sides. So I would let her kind of handle whatever she wanted on the side. But I would probably, I, I don't know, maybe some brisket, pulled pork, something like that. It's good. Probably pasta salad. Yeah, she's a big pasta salad pasta fan. Salad <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds awesome. Oh, this was so fun. I'm so excited for y'all. I can't wait to celebrate with you guys when you go back to the big leagues and pitch. I know that's going to happen. And be able to just see what God does with your life. Your story is incredible. And the, the way you deliver it is so mature. I cannot wait to see what the Lord does through y'all. So yeah. thank you. Well, we thank appreciate you. it. And, you know, we're appreciative for people like you guys mm -hmm. who have come before us and kind of, you know, set that way. And, and y'all are great to look up to and learn from. And so, you know, we're excited to, to follow in those footsteps. Well, we'll have to have dinner at PAO at the conference. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I we had to miss it last year, you know, for right. for good reason. But yeah. this year, this year we'll make it happen. Yeah. Oh, everyone will celebrate with you. I'm telling you. Make <laughs> that announcement, and it was like all hands on deck. I'm just yeah. It means so much. That's yeah. Yes. yes, it was incredible. Well, thank y'all so much. Hey, 
Yeah, thank, thank you, you guys. Appreciate for having it. Us. Thank you for listening to Table 40 with Matt and Leslie Holiday, part of the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more stories on sports intersecting with faith, visit sportsspectrum.com.